Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Galaxy Defenders! <laughs> well, the, I don't know. Tiss has got a load of stories, hopefully. <laughs> What, what are you insuring, sir? Well, I've got this. I've got this donut-shaped car. Right, Tis. Whenever you're ready, take us into it. Hello, and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. With me, your host this time, Tissy Boy. Uh, co-hosts, as always, introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm B. Uh, <laughs> terrible. I'm terrible. Go that, was like, that was like a Mexican standoff of like introducing yourself. In that silence, to go. right? I'm gonna leave all that silence, but just put in like the like uh, Sergio Leone music, <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly thing. All oh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, this is Bob Shoy. Mm. Sorry, Midwater. Uh, how you boys doing? Midwater. Yeah. Um, it's hot. It's really hot. It's hot and yeah, sad. Yeah, topless. We should get that out of the way, actually, listeners. It is the hottest day of the year. I'm going to get topless. Uh, we're really hot. So if there is any background noise of air conditioners or doors being open, just deal with it for one episode. It's too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel's going to go work outside in a minute, so she'll walk through in a sec with her, her stuff. So you'll probably hear bits like that. Mm. Unless I edit it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly. And put your editing skills to the test. I've been looking forward to this one, Tish. You've been hyping it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah it better be good. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I hope it's I'm good. I've never seen you so like hyped for one of your own episodes. It's because yeah. I found a facts page, uh, quotations, a facts page about this subject and... I think this guy just puts it so well. Uh, the way he words everything is just great. I think it's going to be a really fun one. Okay. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's a conspiracy. It's uh, okay. It's taken us back to, I feel like, what got me into conspiracies in the first place. Just hearsay, little tidbits of information you can find, and a website that draws it all together with some amazing conclusions. Uh, it's really interesting that this has drawn you in because at the end of recording the last episode, we were talking about how you especially were like all sort of burnt out on conspiracies and the world is making conspiracies not fun anymore and you were like craving that feeling you used to get when we started the yeah. show of conspiracies. Yeah, definitely. It feels like you found it. This one 
This one's back to the uh, the alien conspiracies. Wow. Yeah. Well, I have been wanting time. an alien episode for a while. Well, it's it's kind of alien. It's kind of the man in black. Oh, Galaxy oh. Defenders. Oh, mate, I was planning on doing this because I wanted it to be done so much. So I'm actually glad that you've taken it off me. Yes. That's so cool. Awesome. I'm well up for this. This is about the men in black. Let's do it. Through history. This is an often requested episode as well. So this is going to please Fantastic. a lot of listeners. I can't yeah. believe it's taken us, what, five years to get around to doing it? I mm. know. Like this was, this was requested a long time ago and we were talking about it. Years We've ago. been talking about this forever because we talked about it a little bit on the Mothman episode because there's the Melon, Men in Black angle to that story. At and least that, we've got the outro from, music from this From Mothman. Week. Yeah, from <laughs> Mothman, we've been talking about Men in Black and we've finally got around to it. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this one now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It, you know what? I, re- I, I researched it a week ago and I'm still pumped. That's when you know the info is good. It's not like... Yeah. It's not like got a set foundation of sand where it just falls apart because of the hype, you know. <laughs> the hype lasts over over the week. Yeah. So I'm going to go straight in with my first incident. It's quite a famous one to kickstart it. Uh, the Maori Island incident. I don't know if you guys have heard mm. of this. This is kind no. of UFO alien stuff as well. So the aliens kind of come in and then the men in black take away the uh, spotlight a little bit, but... So this one is uh, Harold Dahl and his sons were salvaging logs on a fishing boat when they spied six donut-shaped crafts flying in the air above them. The crafts dropped molten waste onto the lake, sort of like they described it as like, uh, yeah, like molten metal coming down otherworldly, <laughs> of course, which uh, <laughs> allegedly killed Dahl's dog, unfortunately. And injured his son. Whoa. Yeah, so he actually took a casualty out. Pet of the week. A pet of the week. <laughs> um, oh, jeez. <laughs> Child pet of the week. <laughs> oh, bless. I don't even know what that breed. That's so stupid. I'm so sorry. It doesn't say what breed. <laughs> uh, and a few days later, after talking about the affairs with his boss and friends... <laughs> Uh, he was visited by a mysterious man dressed all in black. Uh, mm. Some tales actually say about two men in black. Uh, this one saying about one man in black, differing occasions. The man urged him not to discuss the encounter. Uh, not long after, he was also visited by several Air Force agents who were said to be on a mission to gather information. Dull's story definitely got the attention of various law enforcement agencies across the United States, leading to the FBI to write a report on the matter. So the report is uh, the following in general. There's lots of redacted bits. Uh, Chicago Times. Yeah, I can't read that report. Um, Not long after the encounter. Lots of redactions, though. Lots of redactions. uh, But it was a genuine... I think it was a genuine report. It looks genuine. That's genuine enough for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not, That'll do. <laughs> not that should be our slogan. The encounter. <laughs> yeah. It's true it's enough. The next t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do, pig. Um, not long after the encounter with the man in black, Dahl claimed <laughs> that the whole thing was a hoax, but recanted years after, having allegedly made the first confession under duress. So mm. uh, there's more facts about this one, but initially... Yeah, so the the men in black uh, 
if I was to expand on this article, because I've seen a lot more about this particular story, there was two men in black uh, that basically were... They didn't outwardly say not to talk about anything specific. It was more asking him what he'd seen and making him know that it was in his best interest to not pass this information on. It's in your best interest to, you know, keep this under your hat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. The the report Sinister. found that the molten uh, material was apparently aluminum and that the Air Force agents were said to try and pass it off as a weather balloon, that old get out. Weather balloon. Classic, that one. Classic. Jeez. <laughs> weather balloons. Always the weather balloon. Um, Don't they literally use that one in the film, Men in Black? Do they really? I think so. He says something, <laughs> or trapped gas of some sort, weather balloon. Trapped gas. Yeah. Quite, it's been years since I've seen Men in Black. I get, I, we, yeah, I need to watch, need to rewatch these. <laughs> yeah, we should have done it for your research because it's very factual. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Based on true events. Yeah, the, the dog, the talking dog in particular is quite uh, astute <laughs> um, yeah so what do you think about that, that that six flying donut shaped discs killed his dog that's pretty the, the men in black element of it of them like turning up after an unexplained event and basically using intimidation tactics to you know tell the person to keep what they've seen under their hat or whatever mm. is very classic from what I've seen and heard of men in black stories mm. um so are we to believe there's a secret a uh, like section of the government called the men in black or called something that we don't know but they all dress in black it, it's a bit goofy isn't it it's a bit wacky to think about that they um they always have the same clothes yeah um in in other ones that i'll go on to there's a lot of um they, they they always seem to be identical as well. That's something that comes up quite a lot. Yeah, they always look really similar. It's it's kind of especially the X Files, isn't it? They all like like mm. molder. Yeah, they all molder into one after a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> sorry, that was terrible. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't necessarily actually believe that. I mean, there's definitely branches of government that we aren't, we don't know about. Mm, but like the, the Men in Black. Yeah, but the 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 concept I I agree with. But the yeah the the dress code seems a bit peculiar. Like I don't know. I, but I, like, don't all, all government never... types wear black suits? So yeah, yeah. But normally you'd wear like a jazzy tie, wouldn't you? Or would you? <laughs> Jazzy I would. Tie. If I worked in an office, Very when floral. I worked in an office, I used to wear a jazzy tie. It's Did the you? only way of. Yeah, it's the only way of. Did you shake down your apologists? Did you have a collection of novelty ties? Yeah, I've got a few. Just you get. We want to get your identity out there. <laughs> this represents me perfectly. Did you so shake just, down any no, ufologists? Nothing, nothing too crazy for their insurance. <laughs> no. <laughs> your insurance claim's about to run out, mate. You should. Uh, should keep that under your hat. What, what are you insuring, sir? Oh, I've got this. I've got this donut-shaped car. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other part of it that seems weird to me. Is it, like it's always like the same conversation. Like you know, I think you'll find that it's within your best interest to not mention this any further. You're like, all right, 
well, what happens if I do bad stuff? They'll make it's, you disappear. Well, don't know. Well, Maybe. have you ever heard of anyone who's come out about this stuff before who didn't disappear? Well, how come we keep hearing about it? We keep hearing about these blokes that just turn up and tell you Do not we? to. <laughs> well, the, I don't know. Tiss has got a load of stories, hopefully. <laughs> Hell of a lot. So, so Beef, you're not a believer of the... Uh, of... You're not a believer. I don't know. I, I, There must be parts of the government that we're not, that we don't know about. There, there will be, mm. you know, like... James Bond. I, I'd like to believe <laughs> he that believes it's... in James Bond. <laughs> Ironically, James Bond always wears a black suit as well. Yeah, but that you can believe. No, he doesn't. No, he's got he's got a, he's got a much more diverse wardrobe than that. <laughs> yeah, he wears these novelty ties and really get his personality across. <laughs> he's got like one of those spinning bow ties that he uses with Money Penny. <laughs> exactly. He does a Frank Butcher on it. Uh, uh, Money Penny. <laughs> That's a deep EastEnders cut for anyone from the 90s. Hello, Pat. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Oh, we're full of beans tonight, right? <laughs> so I've just found another part. Uh, Chrisman and Dahl. So Chris, Chrisman's added to the mix here on this account. Chrisman and Dahl claimed to Arnold, Kenneth Arnold, an aviator who claimed to see several UFOs in the area around that time. Uh in the first UFO sightings ever recorded in the modern era. So this is this is day dot, apparently, mm. uh, of, of a ufologist uh, sort of thing. Maybe someone can pick us up on that. Maybe maybe chat and shit. But this was 1947. Uh, refers to the claims made by Fred Chrisman and Harold Dahl of the falling debris frets by the Man in Black uh, following sighting an unidentified flying object. Uh in Mary Island and Puget Sound, which is Washington. Uh, so Chrisman and mm. Dahl, in this account, says, claimed to Arnold that they were at the harbour patrolman on a workboat near Mary Island uh, and that they saw six donut-shaped objects, bloody bloody blah, uh, the white metal thing again, approached by a man in a dark suit. Uh, while even the claim that Chrisman and Dahl were harbour patrolmen is now believed to be false, Arnold was convinced by their story and contacted the Air Force intelligent officer who flew in along with another from California. The officers concluded the metal objects were aluminum, aluminium, uh, mm. and not of interest. They did not reveal this to Arnold, however, to avoid embarrassing him. The officers then died in a crash on their way back to California. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Spooky. <laughs> The FBI then proceeded to investigate this case, <laughs> the case of the case, uh, and concluded right. that Chrisman and Dahl's sightings were <laughs> a hoax. In their files, they noted that Dahl stated... Well, of course they did. <laughs> of course. They're, they're in co collusion with Space Force on this one. <laughs> uh, they noted that Dahl stated that if questioned by the authorities, he was going to say it was a hoax because he did not want any further trouble over the matter. The files also detail a few alternate stories communicated by Chrisman and Dahl to local newspapers and other media outlets. So they went to the media as well, kind of. Doesn't help their story. And mm. conclude that they had contacted a variety of publications in the hope of building their story through publicity to a point where they could make a profit from it. So... The the I haven't heard of um, UFOs being described as donut shaped before. No, no. 
that's a weird de- a little weird detail it's almost like that's not what the story's about it's about the cover-up and the men in black but the initial like inciting factor that there is these donut ufos is kind of weird to me yeah i take it they mean a ring donut not just like you know yeah a, a, a jam donut it's like a boulder like a co-op donut <laughs> i don't think the americans have a bit no, yeah yeah american is <laughs> on start reference yeah a co-op donut. <laughs> yeah you know the co-op <laughs> uh, the cooperative um yeah, that that's uh, now you've said the cooperative. That's really nailed it. They're really going to make it. It's going to make it really clear. It's narrowed it right down. A ring donut. So it has a hole in the middle of it. Yeah. Is that where they beam you? Like the tractor beam comes through. Presumably, uh, that's where the metal comes out. The dog killing metal. Mm. Why? <laughs> yeah, metal I've, coming from I've the just sky. This... Seems like a malfunction to me. Like, How many were there? They were breaking down. <laughs> And they've discovered aluminium as well on their planet, presumably. Molten aluminium. Mm. Is aluminium man-made? Does it naturally occur? What's, what is aluminium? Ye- oh, I'm terrible with metal. The, the when we talked about hollow earth, it was the first time I realised that any metal was... I keep calling it aluminium because uh, I've just got that in my head now. See, when you, when you say about donut-shaped uh, flying saucers... I I imagine the alien like sat in the middle of the donut driving it with a little like a little joystick. <laughs> what like a what a floating? Yeah, aluminium no, is floating. natural. It is natural. No, I don't know. Just like in a, a little, little glass bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. They got glass on their planet now as well, lovely. Yeah, look at these advanced aliens with all their metal and glass. I'm just very <laughs> used to it. <laughs> Right, how much of that do I leave in the episode? Tis, give us another Men in Black story. Okay, so we're going to move on to Herbert, Dr. Herbert Hopkins. Herbert oh. Hopkins? Mm-hmm. Dr. Herbie, Herbie Hoppers. I'm wondering, um, we did, I was trying to think, when we, I was like, we've talked about Men in Black before, again, not just the Mothman episode, but the weird phone calls episode. We talked about the weird, the guy mm. getting the weird phone calls coming off the aeroplane. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah, that was the Yeah, I remember now. Mm. Well, this one, this one's an interesting one because we're going to hear for the first time from our um, sort of guest, uh, guest. Uh, I'm trying to think of a word of someone who provides information. Guest uh, informant, the guest informant Ooh. of the show. Okay. For this one, he he doesn't know that he's informing the show, but he is. Um, we're going to hear from him in a sec, or her. Uh, first of all, there's this article which is uh, explains it quite well. Uh, Dr. Herbert Hopkins was working as a consultant on the UFO case in uh, in Maine, and he's doing lots of UFO research as well. Uh, one evening, he received a phone call from someone purporting to be an activist in the UFO community, asking if he could visit Hopkins and discuss the case, and you know, compare notes and whatever. And Hopkins agreed, and he said. Uh, by the time he'd put the phone down, the guy was already walking up the drive to knock on the door. Mm. By the time he'd already sort of agreed and put the phone down, which is kind of creepy from the start. Yeah. Um, it's a bit odd. The man was wearing a black suit, black tie, <laughs> as you do, and had a very unusual facial appearance with no hair or eyebrows. Um, we've all been pranked like that. Uh, and an extremely pale figure. Hopkins' dog began barking erratically the minute the man entered the home. 
Uh, and dogs he might have had know. like alopecia or something, and now this guy's just this report is just slagging him off. It's like I think you find it's yeah. an illness, and, and the dog's this creepy, weird guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, after the bizarre visitor was finished questioning him about the UFO case, the visit got even strange, even stranger. Here's how it went, according to the website The Night Sky. The man in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket, which was correct, and asked him to remove one. Hopkins complied and held the coin, a shiny new penny, in his palm of his hand. This is weird. This is like a traveling magician. Hmm. The men in black... The man in black told Hopkins to watch the coin closely. After a few moments, the coin took on a silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus. It then began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether. The MIB informed Hopkins that the coin would never be seen on this plane again. He then inquired as to whether Hopkins was familiar with the alleged UFO abductee Barney Hill. Hopkins replied that he had heard of Hill, but was under the impression that he had died in the not-too-distant past. The man in black informed Hopkins that that was correct. Barney didn't have the have a heart, said the man in black. Just like you no longer have a coin. This is That's, weird. This is so weird. So weird. I don't weird. even know where to begin with this. It should be noted that Barney Hill actually died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Mm. Caused, caused by no heart uh, the man in black then gently suggested that Hopkins destroy any material he had related to the UFO case Hopkins extremely shaken by the encounter followed the advice of the man and burnt all the files he had related to the case while he had repeated phone troubles after the phone company said his line had been tampered with maybe to tap it he never saw the man again that is a very very bizarre story this is yeah. There's so much that's weird with this. Is he? Was he just a magician? <laughs> it sounds a, like a magician. A threatening yeah, like magician. It's a bit. He wants to make people think he's a man in black, but he's a, a strange, like David Blaine type, wandering magician, catching like, people unawares, walking up the drive, thinking, "Oh, I need to. I've got this great line about him having no heart. What can I? How can I illustrate this?" Yeah, it's like, I know. It's got two co- It is weird. There's just so much in that that doesn't. Like, I don't know where to start. It's a cool, weird, sort of creepy story. Yeah, but that might have just been a weird bloke. I don't know if that's Men in Black. That one. Hmm. I think it's someone maybe like using that idea as sort of like a cover. Well, this was 1953. Hmm. So he just comes in. And then this coin, right? <laughs> I can't get over this coin. <laughs> just it doesn't just disappear. He said it like he held it, and then it became like a silvery presence or something. Silvery color, and then started to blur out of vision, and went blurry, and then eventually disappeared. Yeah. So it disappears, but not before he does some kind of like weird magic thing with it. Yeah. And then says, "Your heart's like that." Yeah, your heart's gone. Like you've got no heart. Like you've got no coin. I think I'd just call the police if I saw this lunatic. Sounds like a lunatic. Hmm. But what if he like, disappeared your phone? Or the or the nine buttons off your phone? Oh, what would you dial? It's the it's the nineteen fifties. I'm just going to go down to 
just go, oh, hang on a minute. Is that why he took his coin as well so that he couldn't go to the payphone? Mm. Didn't have enough money for the payphone. I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one. Yeah, this one feels a bit stinky. I like the, I like the story, but I don't think it's Men in Black. There's there's another angle to this uh, explained All by right. our, um, our guest informant, Knight1747. Um, right. I'm using a VPN when I'm going on this website because it says not secure. But if you want to visit it, I would suggest you do the same. It's realmib.tripod.com. Um, we're going to be reading a lot from this website because he has a great... Uh, they, I don't know the gender, but a uh, great point of view on a lot of these stories. Mm. Uh, so from their point of view, uh, it's Men in Black encounters are generally said to begin in 1953. So that's counteracting the Dahl story. I guess they don't think the Dahl one's real. Unless uh, that's just an anomaly, generally thought to begin around this time. They're more yeah. prevalent from that day. That's true. Uh, with the case of UFO investigator Albert K. Bender. Bender was the founder of the International Flying Saucer Bureau, IFSB, Hmm. and the editor of a small publication called The Space Review that was dedicated to news of flying saucers. Uh, Late in the summer of 1953, Bender made a series of discoveries which led him to believe that he had finally found the truth to the UFO cover-up. He had planned to reveal his findings in the October issue of Space Review, but before the issue was published, Bender was visited by three men dressed in black who had already read the unpublished report and confirmed his findings. The silencers, as he called them, scared Bender to the point where he did not publish the report, but left a warning. We advise those engaged in saucer work to please be very cautious. Uh, Bender then suspended publishing on the public on his publication and dissolved the IFSB. Hmm. I was going to say, I'm wondering if so. All these people are saying like it's intimidation tactics. These creepy-looking, weird guys say intimidating, weird things to silence you. They refer yeah. to them as silencers just then. And um, I'm wondering if as the sort of idea of the men in black got around, like you're going to be visited by them, they'll silence you, you want to be careful of these guys. If that wing of the government sort of leaned into that, they were like, okay, this works. People are scared of this idea of the men in black, so we should mm-hmm. use that. Yeah, maybe it's not a division, it's just every now and then it's like, right, this person, let's just put on the costume, let's go and fucking scare these people. Maybe it's just, like an initiation tactic. It's like... You can join the the you know the FBI, but you got to go and shake this motherfucker down. <laughs> yeah, if they were wearing novelty ties, I can't imagine that'd be too intimidating. No. Hey, no. talking of Men in Black, this brings back a memory, right? You know, um, celebrities—they will do these sort of. They used to get away with it more, where they would like get offered loads of money to do an advert campaign in Japan. And they'd go and do it, and we would never see it in the West. So they'd just get away with it and get to pocket the money. <laughs> like Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. When I was in Japan, um, there's coffee vending machines everywhere. And on all of them was Tommy Lee Jones in his Men in Black get up, like taking a sip of the... Co- well, there was him and a Japanese guy both wearing Men in Black suits, just sort of like looking cool at the camera. And I loved it everywhere I went. Then one vending machine just had... Tommy Lee Jones standing side on on a beach with like the sun going down behind him 
sipping an iced coffee out of a can with a tear running down his cheek. Really? I yeah. love the That's adverts. That's amazing. There's actually adverts, like filmed adverts, and it's uh, the premise is that Tommy Lee Jones is an alien sent from another planet to mix with the humans and understand their human qualities. Is this a Japanese advert? Yeah. It's part of the same campaign? Oh my a god, A whole wow. series of them, and it's fucking brilliant. It's so yeah, funny. It's, it's so these funny. These posters were so good. Because the... the it's just Tommy Lee Jones looking very stoic in situations yeah. of intense comedy. Uh, and then the subtitles are just absolutely brilliant. Because I, I think the guy in the posters with him is like a comedian in Japan. Right. So it really? So he's almost fulfilling the Will Smith role. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They just couldn't afford both of them. Yeah, I definitely need to send you guys over the videos. Rob uh, showed me a whole load of them and they're they're yeah, just absolutely they were brilliant. everywhere when I was there. There's actually one of the adverts is where he just has a tear roll down his eye and it's just... Yeah, oh. that's what the poster must have been from yeah. that I saw when I was there. Did you ever see one where he's just got this weird, like, very loud lipstick on as well? Oh, no, I didn't see that. There's one. one where he's just got, like, lipstick on for whatever reason. It's so funny. Anyway, that's a tangent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shortly after he closed down the space review, uh, this is Bender again, mm-hmm. um, and the IFSB, uh, he gave an interview to a local newspaper which he said that he had been visited by three men wearing the dark suits and that they had ordered him to stop publishing the material about flying saucers. Bender said that he had been scared to death and that he couldn't eat or sleep for a couple of days. It's dangerous. Uh, in 1963, Bender elaborated further about his encounter in the book Flying Sources and the Free Men in Black. So he deleted his publication, but then came back 10 years later with a book about <laughs> the entire thing, not just the Flying Sources, <laughs> but also the Men in Black. Maybe he was just like, by that time, you know, like, oh, fuck it. I didn't hear from him again. Yeah. It, and it says here, it was a strange and unreadable book that had revealed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Is that the quote on the front cover? Self-published. <laughs> Forward by Bill Oddie. Um, <laughs> uh, that had revealed very little in the way of hard facts, but enhanced the reputation of the men in black as being extraterrestrial. I bet the government were loving it. And I bet these like secret guys in the government were just like, oh God, this like the mystery of the men in black is so cool. Like I reckon they really did ride off of it. Like, oh, next time I go and like silence someone, I'm wearing a black suit because I've got this like reputation now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it says, yeah, men in black disintegrates a coin in a witness's hand, tells him that his heart will do the same if he talks. So that's a consistency. Ah, mm. oh, my foot's done that thing where it fuck. You know what? It just splits it? it down it, the middle. It's a needles. needles. No, is it like cramp? Oh That's, yeah. Rich cramp and pins and needles are both terrible things that can happen to your feet. They're annoying you. Yeah. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that's horrible. I haven't had that for years. Do you ever had that thing when you used to wake up really early in the morning as a kid, and then you'd hit your neck, and you'd have that. You could feel the blood gushing through your neck. Where you? <laughs> what? Yeah. No. Never. I fell on my head once (laughs) as a kid when I fell out of bed. It explains uh, a lot. It does. (laughs) Explains too goddamn much. And uh, yeah, if any of the listeners can attest to this, it it feels like there's some 
vein that's just like, <laughs> like warring, whirring down your neck. No, um, never, never. This is this is insane. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. It sounds like you nearly die. Oh wait, <laughs> I think I've just read a completely different story. I. I was talking about Hopkins, and that was Bender. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> God. It's that, a write-off. That was, that was Albert K. Bender. That, yeah. was, uh, that was not Hopkins. It wasn't the same as the coin guy. This was a separate issue. So the free, oh, right. the free men in black. Okay, so that's a different thing. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I did, I did follow that being a different thing when you said the three men in black. Cool. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. it was the same thing at all. I thought it was the same thing. I was being stupid. But now okay. we're going to get the account of Herbert Hopkins from the opinion of Knight1747 at AOL.com. Uh, okay. From the same website because, oh yeah, there's loads of information on this one. Was acting as a consultant on alleged UFO teleportation case in Maine one evening when his wife and children had gone out leaving him alone. Telephone rang, blah de blah de blah uh, got into the house. Let's see if we can find any more information on this one. His clothes were immaculate, suit unwrinkled, trousers sharply creased. Uh, when he took off his hat, he revealed himself as completely hairless. Not only oh, bald, that bald thing again, but mm. without eyebrows and eyelashes. His skin was dead white. His lips were bright red. Uh, that is so weird. That the the hairless aspect mm. is almost a bit. Too, like it makes me believe less because it's a bit too wacky. This is consistent across the board. Um, the yeah, I've heard it before. The hairless with the red lips. The description's too precise, though. Yeah, I was like, thinking that. Who would remember all these details about someone? I wouldn't remember this much. Mm. No. Like, what colour tie was he wearing? I don't remember. I literally don't remember. I wouldn't be able to remember how creased, like, that their suit looked absolutely perfect. Like, I Unless don't... it was particularly... I don't know. It's not if there were, if it was a weird memory. Unless you're into ironing and you're like, that's a fucking. I'd far more realise if a suit was not if it was creased, like if it was like a scruffy suit. I don't even notice mm. if my own suit is creased. <laughs> but I guess that's... yeah. But if if something weird happened to you involving a person, I think you would retroactively remember the whole encounter more vividly, mm. including like, well, what, what did I think when I saw him? Oh, yeah, he was, like, pristine. Like, I think I would remember it retroactively. Yeah, I guess so. Because it would be such a weird encounter. You would be trying to, like, draw every bit of information about it in your head. Like, what was weird about it? Yeah. Well, like, I can't... When when you say his hair was... Like, he was hairless, I've just got this image of Oddjob. I don't know why I'm thinking about James Bond so much tonight. Oddjob? Did he have... He had hair, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. He had, he a had eyebrows for show and a mustache. That's true, but he did kill people with his shoe, which is nothing to do with what you've just said. I just can't. I don't Are know you, why. I'm... You're thinking of the suit, aren't you? The black suit. Yeah, Oddjob had I... a black suit. Oddjob was the player to play as on Goldeneye, by the way. No, Oddjob's not allowed. He's not allowed, but he was the player to play if people didn't know the rule. Jaws versus allowed. Oddjob. Almost impossible. Was that beef? It wasn't allowed. What do you mean? It wasn't no, allowed? No, because he's shorter than all the other players. So if you come against him in a corridor and you shoot straight ahead, it'll go over his head, but he can still shoot you. <laughs> yeah, and if you're Jaws, it would take you even longer to aim down. So you'd just be fucking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. 
Sorry about that tangent. Jules for your job. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure about this hairless dude thing. This description. It's definitely weird. It's definitely weird, but I, it's almost a bit too bonkers for me. Like, if it's just guys showing up in black suits using intimidation tactics to hush you, I'm like, oh, that's creepy. When mm. you start saying, like, oh, they're all, none of them have got any hair, none <laughs> of them have got any eyelid, eyebrows and stuff, like, it makes them sound like aliens themselves. <gasps> Unless the men in black are listening to this and they're just like, yes, let's play that angle because no one's going to well, believe them that, anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a part of it. It's like, do they try and go weirder so that people don't believe the kooky stories? Imagine if you just dressed absolutely ridiculously and then went and assaulted someone and they're like, it was, the, you know, they give the description. The police are like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you get away with it. <laughs> I'm not going to try that. No one should try that. Well, I hope not. But if someone does try that, I hope that someone brings it to our attention so we can, you know, write it off. Unless men in black are aliens trying to cover their own tracks. Uh, Yeah. Maybe. Maybe they're not a government organization at all. Yeah. Maybe they're the aliens. I've blown the lid off this, guys. Maybe they are trying to look like the classic uh, FBI. It sounds like to me that it's, it's almost like there's two aliens in, in a spaceship, and they're like, oh, we've been rumbled. Like, oh, oh, okay, we need to go and sort this out. And then they just dress up as what they think a human looks like. Yeah, oh, they all wear suits all the time. And we just see them all wearing suits, and some of them don't have any hair. Or, like, they don't have the ability to generate hair. As in, <laughs> like, the aliens don't have the ability, oh, don't yeah, worry about the facial hair. But they found a tailor. Just slap a suit on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to get rid of my rabbit. <laughs> Not like killer, just... Sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's why I had to use my Asper pump. It's because I can feel the allergies coming through the Mate, I was Mate, I, I was just saying, I can. the pollen must be attacking you today. I can hear it in your chest. Yeah. I, this yeah. is the first day I've used an inhaler in a very long time. So hmm. That'll be the pollen. It's usually the rapeseed. I think I've narrowed it down to rapeseed. Rapeseed mm. harvest time is the worst. Uh, anyway, so it was only afterwards, however, um, Dr. Hopkins reflected further on the strangeness of this visitor's appearance and behavior. Particularly odd was the fact that the visitor stated that his host had two coins in his pocket. Uh, it was indeed the case. He then asked the doctor to put one of the coins in his hand, and we know what happened next. Neither you nor any anyone else on this planet will ever see that coin again, he said. Uh, after talking a little while longer on general UFO topics, Dr. Hopkins suddenly noticed that the visitor's speech was slowing down. Sorry, if it is a magician mm. playing a weird <laughs> character, it's pretty like, evocative. It's a pretty cool... Like his his wording is very evocative. Like neither you nor anyone else on this world on this planet will ever see this coin again. It's very like, yeah, I'm the alien magician. Like Siler goes for that sometimes, doesn't he? He says like he's an alien. Yeah, and that is like the same idea. Like, yeah, it's powerful. The alien magician. When a coin goes missing, you're just like, oh, it disappeared. But then when they say it will never be seen on this planet again, you're like, fuck. Yeah, it adds shit. that layer. Like Whoa. that's like. That's like exclusivity. The persona, the persona is a bit like, in my head, I'm imagining these guys acting a bit like, is it Sugar, the the villain from No Country for Old Men? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Javier Bardem's character, like when he's in that gas station and he does that weird thing with the coin, with mm. the guy who owns the gas station, he's like, heads or tails, and he gets him to like call the... It's that kind of level yeah, of creepy yeah. way. Like it's an it's creepy enough. I'm using this prop to draw your absolute attention. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like Harvey Dent. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Any fictional characters that play with coins? <laughs> Roland of Gilead. It's <laughs> a Stephen King reference for you there, right? Um... Uh, the visitor told him uh, after taking a little while longer. Yep, 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 yep. Um, that's it. The speech was slowing down. The man then rose unsteadily to his feet and said slowly, "My energy is running low. Must go now. Goodbye." He walked falteringly that's creepy. to that's the door. Creepy. This is new information. He walked falteringly to the door and descended the outside steps uncertainly, one at a time. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Hopkins saw a bright light shining in the driveway, blush white and distinctly brighter than a normal car lamp. At the time, however, he assumed it must be the stranger's car, although he neither saw nor heard it. I want to be this character for a day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like put on a suit and just say weird things and do weird things for a day. Just have absolute freedom of like, I'm someone else today. And just like... Just say weird things like I'm running out of energy and like weirdly walk down the stairs. Because imagine all the stories that people would have of their encounters with you throughout that day. Totally. You'd just be an yeah. agent of chaos for a day in the city. It'd be so fun. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if people agent just have chaos. that where they just do that all the time. Yeah, I wonder. I think about like weird interactions I've had with people and I'm just like, I wonder if they were like just giving me a bit of fun for my day. Like the man from Mabuti. Hmm. Hmm. You, and you do, like, and actually when things like that happen, you do remember strange little intricate details. You do remember the small... Well, that man from Mabuti, your one, that's that's a strange tale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That and dude. I can remember exactly what he wore, which is weird. Hmm, and exactly, there you go then. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's the same kind of thing. I shouldn't be poo-pooing this so quickly. If listeners want to hear about the man from Mabuti, it's on episode one. Jeez. And also, me and Rick talk about it on um, one of the revisited episodes, the Patreon only, the, oh, uh, really? the band, band camp only. Yeah, oh. we did an episode on the man from Tourette. Oh, I see. Uh, in, in more depth, and we talked about it. Your story again on there. That's on there. All oh, right. That's uh, bobshoy.bandcamp.com. We got a few donations this week, by the way. Sweet. That really, that's great. Someone, someone gave us quid last night. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. People are so generous, aren't they? Yeah. That's we got lovely. another f- today. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. I, I haven't donated any money today, so... No. Better than me. He's back. back. I'm back. Tiss, I was just saying someone donated quid last night. No fucking way. Yeah, to Weird Tales. Oh my God. Thank I'm just you. like, I'm on my second run through of all this whole series and I've had so many hours of entertainment. I can't imagine listening to all our stuff sec- twice. No. I, the thing is, I have listened to a series of podcasts twice, though. So mm. there is out there. there I, I can imagine people doing it because I've done it. I've started doing that sort of thing more often, like uh, not with podcasts, but with music. Uh, listening to the same album twice. <laughs> no, well, what happened was... <laughs> <laughs> Steady on, Tiss. 
<laughs> what happened was there was this uh, jungle label that was selling their whole discography, like 190 tracks for like Ugh. 30 quid. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, I'll buy that. And I listened to them and was like, these are fucking awesome. These are so good. So I then went and donated another 40 quid because I was like, oh yeah, you know. I, I donate often to podcasts because I'm no... Because I listen to so much while I'm at work. I listen to mm. like six hours at least of podcasts every single day. Yeah. And, wow. And it gets me through the day. And I know how good it feels when we get... I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. And I give money to like Patreons of people who do podcasts and stuff like that just because... Yeah. I don't know. It's just like if everyone does that, it makes the world a better place. If you give to the creators... Definitely, then, yeah. I would do that if I listened to more podcasts. I don't, mm. I don't work on building sites that allow radios or headphones anymore, which sucks. Yeah, I'm just allowed to wear headphones, so it's just like I just I all day. I used to be headphones. that. Oh, I wish I was like that now. Damn it. Anyway, anyway, Men in Black. God, there's so many tangents. I'm going to try and keep them all. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, so the end of Do- Dr. Hopkins' story is uh, Dr. Hopkins was very much shaken by the visit, particularly when he reflected on the extraordinary character of the stranger's conduct. Not surprisingly, he was so scared that he willingly complied with his visitor's instruction, which was to erase the tapes of the hypnotic sessions he was conducting with regard to his current case and to have nothing further to do with the investigations. As for the New Jersey UFO Research Organization... No such institution exists. That's, uh, mm. I guess, the institution that the guy claimed he was from. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, vi- identifying himself as the vice president of such a thing. I-, I think this is just a weird guy doing a weird bit. So it goes on to say that this is probably the most detailed there is of a Men in Black visit out of mm. the whole thing. So that's interesting. But it's really cool. I've got a lot, love it. a lot of juicy snippets that still come. So it's, 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 it's not over yet, people. Um, no, it's not over yet. But for now, let's give them an ad break. Let's give them. We're gonna put break. the ad break in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here is a story of Peter Hroschwitz. I think I've pronounced that right. This is another tale from the real MIB site, uh, .tripod.com, uh, real MIB .tripod.com. Um, sponsored, this episode is sponsored by real MIB .tripod.com. But I will caveat with it's not secure. I don't know what that means. What does it mean when a website isn't secure? Does it mean that it just isn't? It can mean a number of things. Yeah. So. I use a VPN just in case. Just in case. Yeah. The MIB are using this website as a proxy to spy on us. Oh, they're actually spreading the stories themselves to further the like mystery of the MIB. Yeah. They're running this website. Yeah, we've caught you out, Knight1747. We've, pu- we've caught you out, Men in Black, Ooh. underscore 421. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a knock on our doors in a minute. <laughs> Bring it. Knock it on the hotel door, yeah. If they can find Tiss, I'll be amazed. Yeah, if they know exactly <laughs> what room number I am in. Lids will just ring you in like, really weird man just turned up at our flat. <laughs> Wouldn't it be creepy if I turned to my side and there was one of them just standing on my balcony? Oh my God. Oh my oh. God. I keep remembering I've got so much more content for this episode. It's, it, oh, it's we really need to get cracking then. Come on, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> We've been going for like an hour. So Peter Hroschwitzer. 
is a professor of humanities and folklore at Juilliard School in New York, who also teaches at the C.J. Jung Foundation for Analytical, Analytical Psychology. One day in 1980, he found himself in a library on a campus uh, of the University of Pennsylvania, browsing through a book on UFOs. The book had been recommended to him by a colleague who erroneously assumed that Hroswitz, as a folklorist, would be interested in it. At some point, Hroswitz uh, became aware of a wrinkled black pant leg and a scuffed black shoe out of the corner of his eye. He looked up to find a man well over six feet tall and weighing no more than 140 pounds standing before him. 140 pounds is super thin for a six foot guy. Hmm. Uh, the figure was dressed in a black suit which looked as though it had been slept in for three days uh, specifically. So this is very different. The other guy was pristine. This guy is looking yeah. scruffy. This guy's been sleeping in the scruffy library waiting bag, for this yeah. moment. The man's shirt was bright white, nearly matching his deathly pallor. Completely uninvited, the man flopped down in a chair next to Roswitz and asked flopped. what was what he was doing. Roswitz replied that he was looking a book about UFOs, obviously. The man asked if Roswitz had ever seen a UFO, to which the professor replied in the negative. The man then asked Roswitz if he believed that UFOs were real. Uh, Roswitz responded that he really didn't have an opinion one way or the other uh, and that after studying the book in front of him he realised that he didn't have much of an interest in the subject (laughs) 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 the end the man suddenly (laughs) screamed flying saucers are the most important fact of the century and you are not interested the man then suddenly rose as awkwardly as he had sat down and appeared to regain his composure he put his hand on Roswitz's shoulder and said quietly, go well on your purpose. And with that, he took his leave. This is a very different story. Within yeah. 10 seconds of the strange man's departure, Roswitz was engulfed by fear. He believed that he had, been, he, had genu- he had had a genuinely paranormal experience and the idea terrified him. He took a walk around the library in an attempt to collect his thoughts. Strangely, he could not find another living soul in the building. He returned to where he had been sitting, absolutely befuddled. An hour or so later, he got up to walk the library again. This time, everything seemed back to normal. It was not until later that Roswitz heard of the Men in Black. He has since become one of the leading authorities on the subject. Hmm. This guy just seems like a kook. That sounds like a crazy story yeah. I, just, I don't think that's men in black I think that's just a kook he just came across a, a UFO nut yeah but now he's a leading authority on on the men in black apparently let's, let's have mm. a little I don't search. know how you become a leading authority on the men in black it's, it's quite yeah. easy because there's no one else <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you could just self-proclaimed Mr. Knight. expert I'm sure I'm a leading authority on something. I'd love to know what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird to think that like, you could be the best in the world at something you just have no idea because you've not tried it yet. Or just like something I do every day and don't even realise that everyone else is shit at it and I just do it easily. Like yeah, I, exactly. I am the best in the world at making a cuppa and I just don't know because so I'm used to making a cup of tea, you know? Yeah. Hmm. The the weird thing for me in that story 
is he says, what do you think about UFOs? Do you believe in them? And he goes, well, I'm not really either, <laughs> either there, here or there. And the guy, the guy like carries on pressing him. He gets a bit creepy still. Don't know. I think he's he just sounds like a fucking UFO nut to me who came across yeah. someone else with a UFO book and was like, what do you think about him? Uh, I'm just checking out this book at the moment, just reading, not sure. What are you talking about? Ah! And then just, just to me, that just sounds like a UFO nut. Yeah. I mean, the the black suit thing and... Yeah, but well, it wasn't well, pristine like the others. No, it's just a dirty he, black he, suit. It's not that weird to see a guy in a black suit. No, he's just a UFO nerd. He's just a kook. Yeah. See, he should have he should have ironed his, his suit. So this one we've got an actual picture of a man in black. Ooh, um, oh okay. black and white. Here we go. Real photograph. So UFO researcher Jack Robinson and his wife Mary began to experience extremely strange events as they pursued more aliens and UFO related research. They would come home to find their house rummaged and looked through, and their UFO files disturbed mary also began to notice a strange man in a black suit and hat staring up at their apartment from doorway from the doorway i guess the doorway across from their house doesn't explain that Uh, mary mentioned this activity to a friend who drove over and saw what she was talking about for himself Ah, okay the friend was a guy right the friend tim green beckley snapped a photo of the man which is believed to be one of the most ironclad pieces of proof of the men in black Ooh, there we go juicy here we go now we're cooking it's just gonna be a picture of a man in a black suit tommy lee jones in it can we see this Ooh, he does look he does look a bit shady so this is the whole black and white image so it's a black and white picture of a street um, some cars parked along it, and inside one of the doorways is a man in a black suit. There's a zoomed-in version just up here. There you go. It just looks like Winston Churchill. He has got, like, a top hat on. Looks a bit like the fat controller from uh, T- Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, it's a Topham hat. Fat controller, come on. But he has... When you look at his eyes, it looks like he's wearing... Like he's got, like... Big eyes. No eyebrows. Or he's wearing like sunglasses, like really weird alien sunglasses. Well, they wear sunglasses, don't they, to protect them from that thing that makes you lose your memory. Right. The neuralizer. Of course. Neuralizer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I uh, think that, that, that. That's just a guy in a black suit standing in a doorway. Yeah. That, I mean, you, if you if you want to get involved in the men in black and say that's a man in black, well, it is a man in black, yeah, but is it a man in black? So this Professor Roschwitz uh, story is again on... I think the hat makes them less sinister. (laughs) Depends on the hat, doesn't it? Gives them a bit of fashion. If it's a trilby... Baseball cap. (laughs) 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 Do rag. The Professor Roswitz is one. I love the idea of a man in black pulling up with dreadlocks and a do rag. (laughs) Other than that, he's just like a man in black. He's in a pristine black suit. Dreadlocks down to his arse. Could you you explain this man for me? Why? He was wearing this black suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really sharp, like really sharply dressed, black tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what else? It's wearing a do rag. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah hang on a minute I forgot about that yeah 
So oh, mate. the Roschwitz one comes up again on this website as well, which he, it says claims he was reading a UFO book in the library. Strange pale white man wearing all black sat down next to him, talking to Professor who wasn't super interested, and the man became very agitated. He eventually left, so the other, the other stuff's not in this. Mm. He did not reveal this story until many years later, and he finally gave a lecture on the subject. He remains convinced it was a man in black official who confronted him in the library. To this Just because he's convinced. Trying to I mean, he gave a lecture to people. say there was a man in a black suit in a library once. But I don't That's get it. Like, the men in black are here to suppress information. And that's like, it's like they're fucking bored. It's like, right, we need to find some fuckers to shake down. It's like he got drunk. Yeah. He's he's like all dishevelled, like he hasn't had a proper night's sleep for three days. Maybe it's like he got kicked out. He got out fired. The, he got, yeah. he got yeah. fired. Yeah. And he's like, what do you think about UFOs? And he just wants someone to be like, yeah, I love them. And exactly. then like shake them down. But this guy was just like, nah, they're, they're lame. They're not lame. It's my entire job. And then go well on your purpose. Yeah, go well on your purpose. Go well on your purpose. That's another one of those evocative phrases that we talked about earlier. That's a bit odd. So there's a famous person who we all know his name from uh, an adaption by a band of his name that might give it away. Who do you think I'm talking about? This guy saw a real Men in Black who really shut down his TV show about aliens. Tom DeLonge. No. Dan and Aykroyd. Ah, oh, okay. Really? Dan Aykroyd says he met a real man in black, and I've got a video. He's a real alien dude, isn't he, Dan Aykroyd? Yeah. Hang on a minute. Dan Aykroyd did a TV show about aliens. He, uh, well, it got cancelled. Or he could have done, but he got shut down because of the men got in black. got shut down. He was supposed to have Stephen Greer on the, on the show and someone else. Uh, I remember Stephen Greer because of our UFO uh, episode uh, and that was before mm-hmm. this is way before um, Stephen Greer's recent documentaries but yeah so there's a video here with Dan Aykroyd explaining his experience with the real men in black Ooh. well what happened what well, we, we we sold the show to uh, to sci-fi channel and uh, it was called out there and I basically interviewed all of the people that I admired uh, in various fields of study like uh, Colin Andrews from the crop circle movement, uh, Linda Moulton Howe, the expert on cattle mutilations, John Mack. Um, and let me just put a pin in things right there because John Mack has taken the study of abductions, UFOs, right out through the other, uh, other side and he's going, yes, we know they're here, we know they're coming, we know people have been taken, we know there's experimentation going on, we know people have been told about agendas. What we now have to do is use that as a key and as a motivation to socially transform this planet to a more peaceful, more loving, more tolerant state. So his movement, the the movement for social change, has just accepts as a fact abductions, UFOs, interplanetary uh, 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 intervention, and what he's doing is taking it out through the positive side of it and saying, now we must use it to, to socially transform, and I think his message is great. But I talked to him, I talked to the Allagash guys who were taken in the canoe on that trip in Pennsylvania. I, um, I mean, and I, the last show, the last show we did, I had both Bassett, who uh, has the, the UFO time clock, and then Greer. Both Bassett and Greer were there. They were my two guests for the day. Well, the show was cancelled that afternoon. And um, I was outside 
in, before I knew it was canceled, in between the interviews. And uh, I was outside, and Britney Spears called me because she wanted to, me to appear on Saturday Night Live with her. And so I picked up, I was outside having a cigarette, the phone rang. Uh, I, I, oh, Brittany, how you doing? Oh, sure, of course I will. I turned away like this. I turned back, and there was a black Ford across the road, a black Ford sedan. And I, I was trying to look at the plate, and the plate seemed kind of like fuzzy, and I was, you know, definitely a police car. And two guys were there, and a big, big, tall guy got out of the back seat, and he stood in the street on, um, on 42nd Street, it was. We, we were at 42nd Street and 8th Avenue, and he looked right at me. And literally, I mean, I was on the phone. Hey, oh, sure, of course I'd love for the show. Saw the Ford, went back like this, turned back like a half second later, and it was gone. And that car did not go past me. It did not make a U-turn because I would have seen 42nd Street. I would have seen that thing take a U-turn and go away. That car vanished. That car was a cloaked vehicle of some type. And whether this was like a warning to me because the guy cut out of the backseat gave me a real dirty look. That car vanished. I know what I saw. And, uh, you know, I, I, it, was, it was just this fast. It was, oh, hi, Brittany, sure. Oh, of course, I'd love to. God gives me a dirty look. Oh, well, sure, car gone. That's what happened. And uh, then two hours later, uh, we were told we were not to continue taping, and the show was canceled, and none of them would air. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Was that, uh, was that an MIB experience? You know, black helicopters, uh, you know, military... Uh, abductions that happen sometimes people are taken and they talk about then being visited by you know military personnel and re debriefed about their abduction was it you know was it a technology associated with some of these beings that are visiting that wanted to warn me off or that wanted to give me verification that I was on the right track I don't know but I do know I I did I did turn back a second later and I you know it takes so long for an automobile accelerating from zero to 40 miles an hour to reach the corner of 8th Avenue and 42nd Street going past me and then pulling a U-turn and going out towards Times Square, I would have seen that car. And I looked around. I mean, I, I was looking for that then. It was gone. So, um, I, I don't know. The tapes exist. I have them. We're going to try to repackage them. We might put them out on DVD. Hmm. I have a question. Crazy. I have a question. Was his show cancelled? Because it was shit. No, it was on Sci-Fi Channel. They'll put anything out. Yeah. Dude, have you seen the stuff that's on Sci-Fi Channel? <laughs> so he was going to have... You'd say he was going to have Stephen Greer on his show. Yeah. Right? And then he was outside on the phone to Britney Spears, who was also going to come on his show. No, no. He was on the phone to Britney Spears because she was calling to see if he was going to be on Saturday Night Live. Oh, Okay. Yeah, she okay, wasn't talking right. about her UFO experiences. I was like, yeah, hang on a minute. That was that was that threw me. Okay. No, cool, so he fine. they filmed the whole series of his show out there and they were just filming the last episode, which was supposed to have Stephen Greer like big guest yeah. for the last episode. And before they could even film it, they were said, Not gonna continue and down. then the show never aired. That is a bit odd. That is really odd. Hmm. The the Black Ford as well, that's strange. And you, you, that show would have been popular on sci-fi, I think. Yeah. With Dan Aykroyd, yeah, definitely. Dan, that'd be, I would be interested in that. It's such a, he's such a weird guy. Especially if Him he'd interviewing called it loads Alien of weird people. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, as a weird guy, interviewing loads of other weird guys about weird alien stuff, I think would have been very popular on sci-fi. Definitely. 
It would have been the only popular show on sci-fi. <laughs> In amongst Sharknado 6 and Derek Akora's favourite hits or something like that. That's really odd. It is an odd one. Yeah. I've got another video here of uh, actual MIB caught on tape. Um, is this uh, the CCTV footage thing? It is. I've seen this. You've seen this. Have you seen this beef? No, maybe. I don't know. I've not seen it yet. I remember a long time ago when I was thinking of putting together an MIB episode, I did a cursory search. This is like over a year ago and I came across this footage then. Yeah, so this was the the story I don't have in front of me, but I remember it loosely. Um, they were looking for someone who was staying at the hotel, uh, a UFO, uh, ufologist, of course. And uh, the clerks were the ones who ID'd the guys as being uh, red lips, pale, absolutely identical, both entirely hairless, the same height, black suits, and were asking for a certain person, asking where they could find them. Yeah, lizards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've definitely I've watched. I've seen this. Yeah, Man, there's no audio, is there? No, no. It's literally this. So I guess we'll try and do a bit of a Here commentary we of what we're seeing. Those are the guys. So it's a CT CCTV footage uh, of an. Is it a hotel? Did you say hotel? Yeah. From the inside of a hotel, looking towards the entrance, and these two men in black walking through the entrance. Where are they now? So let's just uh, reverse the tape. Here we go. Okay, here they are. They're walking through the front doors now. Yeah, two identical-looking dudes. They look pretty similar. Yeah. Same build, long black coats, little black sort of bowler hats or trilby hats. Hard to make out. Oh, freaky as fuck. That is weird. If I was sitting there and those two dudes walked in, I would be like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. It's the craze. Uh, and the... <laughs> Ronnie. Ronnie and <laughs> the other one. Ronnie and Reg. Reg and Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> Ron Sorry, and Reg, Reg, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Oh, it gives me the chills watching that video, you know. Yeah, I'll put I'll put that video on the, fa- on the Facebook page or whatever as well for other people to see. It's a bit strange. It is strange. Um, there's some stuff I want to read from this website because there's some cool little tabs uh, to open up and then I'll finish off on another story of a real man in black. This is a confirmed man in black um, of sorts. You can give They've your opinion. They've all been real though, right? That, that, yeah. They're all confirmed. They're all confirmed and real. This one's just a little bit more confirmed and real than the others. <laughs> okay. So here's a, a tab saying MIB countermeasures uh, and it's saying after reading various reports of people who have had encounters with men in black after UFO related sightings or happenings it has brought to my attention that common average people without any previous military tactical op- or planning training are defenseless to the tactics that have been reported to frighten and intimidate these people to be silent or to change their minds about reporting or turning over any information or evidence to UF investigators. Uh, it looks like he's collated a lot of their tactics. Men mm. uh, in black, you can spot the big black car. They announce that they are from such and such and flash an ID at you quickly and put it away. That's like one of their tactics, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, state you wish to verify their credentials. Tell them... Oh, wait. Is this, is this how to... Co- 
It's how to counteract. Right. Count right. Okay, this is how to counter the MIB. Ah, uh, we don't yeah. need to know this. I mean, just fucking whatever. Do <laughs> do shit. <laughs> I want, I thought, <laughs> you know why they flash their ID really quick and put it away? Because uh, they're not from an actual organization. They're just flashing up their library card quickly, right? Hoping that you'll go yeah. along with it. Exactly. It's just the oh. dick pic. <laughs> MIB facts. This was a good one, I think. This was Yeah, this is a good one. This is this is unsubstantiated, but I like it. It's good fun. It gives a little bit of uh, mystery <laughs> to the story. MIB phenomena is interesting on several levels, so many in fact that it's difficult to know where to begin. For instance, on the surface it would appear that the men in black are one of those very few legends that can be traced to its ultimate source, i.e. Bender. Uh, Albert Benter. Uh, however, a brief pursuit of human history suggests that this might not necessarily be the case. A tradition of men in black type entities that is mysterious, dark-clothed individuals with sinister intentions can be followed back to ancient times and across virtually all cultures. At least as far back as biblical times, beef, there has been a traditional a, a tradition in the Middle East of men attired in black robes and turbans attempting to lure victims out into the desert for unspecified sinister purposes. Is that... Can you substantiate any of this? I have no idea. No. That's not what you're in a dissertation on. It, biblical no, times. <laughs> biblical times would be covered in the Bible, though, right? It would mention they would, something they would, about it. They they talk about the Bible in the Bible, yeah. Um, they talk about the times. time in which it's being written uh, in the Bible. In, in the Bible, I always imagine that the Pharisees would be like Men in Black. They would be like the biblical Men in Black. Is the Bible the only book of that time? No, no, that we know of. Oh, okay. So there are no, other biblical books. Are there any other bangers? Bibles. <laughs> any other classics? Yeah. Like Herod's, like Herod's fucking Herod's picks hits. Or Herod's hits. <laughs> <laughs> Herod had that really pointy hat, didn't he? I remember having a book where <laughs> his head looked like a bit of a penis <laughs> with a spike on it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Where did you see that? <laughs> Uh, I had a, book. a photograph of him knocking around I somewhere. A, I had a picture book of the Bible back in the day, and it was like Herod was. Did he? Did he, he take kids off? Herod killed loads of kids, didn't he? Trying to find Jesus with his pointy fucking head. I really want a retelling of the Bible by Tish, just from memory. <laughs> just from memory. Yeah, that would Herod. Be the best. He was the one with like the dunce cap, wasn't he, or something like that. oh god Uh, I remember the picture so vividly I need to find the book but I will never find it because I would love you to find this book yeah it was great there was loads of wicked pictures in there of the pointy pointy Herod (laughs) loads of wicked pictures (laughs) That <laughs> uh, sounds wicked, yeah. Oh man. I used to read books with the pictures, hey. That's that's how I did it. God, uh, I haven't heard like wicked used as like an adjective no. like that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with what he used it to describe. <laughs> Herod had all those wicked hats. 
mad wicked point oh, on man. it. I'm crying. Wow. Wow. Uh, right, so uh. sinister purposes. Likewise, in Central and Southern Europe, during the Middle Ages, there existed a genuine fear among the inhabitants that of those regions of black-clad beings who wandered the countryside performing indiscriminate acts of vampirism on humans and livestock. Hmm. This is just anyone who dresses in black who has sinister intentions. Vampirism? Well, now we're getting on to vampires and stuff. Yeah. This, that's why I love this website. That's why I really love this website. This is getting, this is getting silly now. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you're talking about vampires. This is getting silly. Yeah, you just you just went and turned that corner now where I can't believe it. <laughs> fairy law allows for otherwise human looking fairies who dress in black and delight in causing mischief in mm, the human so world. Weird. The fact that the men in black are often in fact nearly always described as having uh Asian features. I don't think that's the case. Uh oh. is interesting in light surface of the well, in, oh, in light of the fact, I skipped a bit. Uh, in light of the fact that there is a long-standing myth in China, Tibet, and India that a superior race of humans live beneath the surface of the earth, who occasionally send agents dressed in black to the surface to surveil or manipulate human affairs. Oh, like, that's it's getting like spiritual now. Yeah, it's like this hollow is earth. like it's hollow earth. It's just touching on everything. Native Americans <laughs> touching cloth. <laughs> touching cloth. <laughs> uh, Native Americans feared the black man who supposedly lurked in the forest with malicious intent. There are even what could be considered men in black type undertones in Nathaniel Hawthorne's 1835 short story Young Goodman Brown. Not read that. Mm. Um. And this goes on to say about how men in black uh, typically go. Men in black usually travel in packs of three, although doubles and singles are not uncommon. That's a that statement in itself doesn't make any <laughs> sense. They it's usually nonsense. in Absolute packs of three, nonsense. although double and singles are not uncommon. If they're not uncommon, then how can they usually travel in packs of three? Uh, they usually travel packs. in packs. Packs. <laughs> like hunters. It's like MIBs going around the corner. <laughs> they they tend to drive large black American cars, <laughs> such as Lincolns, Cadillacs, sedans, uh, which are usually at least twenty or thirty years old, uh, yet in mint condition. Often these cars display strange, unidentifiable insignias, an unusual glow as if from a vapor lamp or instrument panel or some type of console, as often reported as illuminating the interior of the vehicle. License plate numbers are usually either obscured or missing altogether. That's in line with Dan and Anna Aykroyd. Yeah, Aykroyd said that, didn't he? Uh, but in numerous instances, plate numbers have been recorded and checked out only to show that they had never been issued. It's illegal. Hmm. Uh, hallmarks of the classic MIB visitation are incompetence and bizarre behavior on the part of the men in black. Seemingly mystified by human ways, they are extremely poor taskmasters in the area of imitation. For instance, they often express amazement at the most mundane objects such as bowls of jello or ballpoint <laughs> pens. <laughs> And have been known to ask inappropriate or downright rude questions. This sounds like they're positing them as being aliens, like we said earlier. Yeah. yeah. Like they're not humans. Yeah. Uh, roughly 40 cases in all have been documented. Encounters that have been slightly credible or are rarer still. 
So that was so forty is just the documented number, and then the actual credible ones is even less than that number. Wow. So it's not a very common uh, occurrence. I don't think Tom no, DeLong has been visited. But common by them. enough that they know they they operate in packs of three, and they're uh, confused <laughs> and amazed Usually. by Jello. That Jell-O, how I mean, many how many examples of an um, MIB agent coming across some jelly? Yeah. Has there ever been? So they can put that as like a a list on the bullet points. Yeah, confused by jelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jello or ballpoint pens. Yeah, I don't know, man. I loved that. I loved listening to all of that. Mm. But the jello thing is weird. It's all over the place. I know what you were saying about how like it's reignited your sense of fun with conspiracies because these sort of stories are the sort of stories we were telling on like the really early days of Weird Tales. Yeah. Just like these sort of like weird conspiracy rumors that float around the internet. Yeah. They're very it's very like numbers stations y like the myth the, the myths behind numbers stations and what they could be and stuff like that. It isn't being manipulated uh to hate on anyone. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the carrot for me. C- conspiracies often tend to come from discriminatory backgrounds where we that where yeah they they kind of no. get made up. These are just fun stories. They're just fun. Yeah. yeah, I get the same joy out of these as I get from when we read like ghost stories out and stuff. This is just like yeah, fun exactly. weird stories. That's, that's why it. I started the show. I'm I'm not sure how ready I am to believe the the account of someone who eats jelly as a snack. <laughs> no like just an adult I can't remember there. the last time I ate jelly no probably when I was a child so we've got one last one last story okay it's not of a man in black it's oh. of uh, it's kind of a man in black uh, depending on how you it's 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 not in keeping with these ones it's a real story it's a real man he does exist uh, Richard Doty uh, right. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. When Edward Snowden uh, released, did a document leak, uh, there was a PowerPoint, Art of Deception, Training the New Generation of Online Covert Operations. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of documents that got released. And one of them was picked up by a documentary by uh, called Mirage Men, which unearths compelling evidence that UFO folklore was actually fabricated by the US government. Rather than covering up the existence of aliens, could it be the real conspiracy has been persuading us to believe in them? One such uh, operative who has been infiltrating UFO circles, Richard Doty. Uh, Richard Doty is a government official, a government uh, spy, I guess, who infiltrated UFO circles and conspiracy circles and fed them false information yeah to get to give to give them more credibility he'd go to them and say that he was from the government and he really knows about ufos and if you cooperate with us then i'm going to tell you about more stuff and i can give you this and i can give you that yeah and it's just a really really crazy idea how do you think about that i don't know if that if it falls under man in black it's kind of he's a real man in black because he Mm kind of it could be one of two things it could be that they're disseminating false information throughout the circles to try to 
like what I think with the internet, where the internet had loads of cool information and then they just put loads of shit on it so we can't tell what's shit from Shinola. Yeah, muddy, muddies the water. Yeah. Mm. So, in a sense, that that's a more believable Men in Black thing rather than outwardly coming out and saying, you're right, don't talk about this because people will. Mm. It's It's like, okay, how can we shut this guy up or how can we discredit him let's feed him false information and then right we can discredit him later by you know the information that we give him more believable hmm. but not as yeah. fun not as fun no. yeah and we don't go for facts on this pod we're only going for the fun we're only going for the fun <laughs> i still need to watch the mirage men i think i i need to watch that I won't touch too much on Doty because it was it was just an idea to put out mm. there where it's uh, different ideas and then Men in Black. We've had we've had the normal Men in Black. We've had the one who was a bit dishevelled in the library, and, and now we've got Doty, another type of Man in Black who existed but isn't quite yeah. as fun, isn't quite as give, mysterious. Give the listeners something to chew on. But actually, if you look at his face, it gives me the chills. Let's have a look at his face. <laughs> huh. What's wrong with him? The red <laughs> red eyes looks like he's been scratching them for fucking ten years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that! <laughs> <laughs> Mister Doty, look at that! <laughs> for listeners, this was just a. Zooming in on this guy's face continuously during that last <laughs> whilst, half a minute. Whilst looking at the picture of another human being. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's not just a guy's face, though. His eyes are so... It. Ah, it's all red. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he might just have, like, an issue. Well, no, I, mean, I don't want to be harsh about it's that. Hot. But he looks yeah. like... Pink you know, eye. if he come up to you and was like... Ah, it just looks a very slimy person. Very government, <laughs> government slimy. He needs to be more like Herod. At least he had wicked hats. Yeah, <laughs> Herod had a, a a hell of a beard as well from the pictures. From the pictures. From the pictures. <laughs> from the depiction of the time. Yeah. I don't did know. Herod? What did he do? What was his legacy, Herod? What was his legacy? Did he, he killed loads of kids? Right. King Herod was this, like, nasty, horrifically tyrannical, bully, maniac king. Yeah. Yeah. The spiky hat, sort of, like... He ordered for the killing of every boy under the age of two, I think, for two, um, so that he could... Because he, like, heard about Jesus and tried to trick the three wise men. They're like, we've come to worship this king, and he's like, hang on a minute. I'm the king. What are they talking about? And he goes, oh, let me know when you find him so I can come and worship him. In his head, he's thinking, I'm going to kill him. So, yeah, he's a maniac. Ordered, And, uh, yeah, children, yeah, babies were killed. It did happen. But he didn't but get that, Jesus. No, by that time, Mary and Joseph had naffed off out of there. They were gone. And he did wear a silly hat. He did wear a silly hat and he did have a long beard, yeah. The spiky hat gave him away in his intentions, in my opinion. The spiky, the spiky dunce cone hat, I yeah. think that hat uh, had a resurgence in, um, was it Germany? 
We're still talking about this. Hat. I don't know what hat you're talking about, so I can't tell you. I need to. I need to get a picture of Herod's hat. Do you I'm mean a crown? Herod's hat? No, 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 <laughs> not the crown. I don't know what the crown looked like. That did, that wasn't in the book. Right, I've I've googled King Herod. I question the validity images. of anything which wasn't in said book. Uh, right, so this Herod's... is the first picture that comes up. No, that's not his pointy hat. Pointy. <laughs> Spike Ooh, this hat. is another one. Look at that. That's horrible. Oh, yeah, I found it. Oh, wait, no, that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a German one. That is the German one. Okay, it looks like this. Looks like that. Oh, right. Oh. Like in the book, think... it depicted the the warrior, the army of having that with Herod as well, having one. I mean, it was Rachel sat outside doing her work, so she might correct me by nodding or shaking her head. But it feels like it's accurate to say that kings at the time would have worn like outrageous shit to make themselves look really important and powerful Mm. sorry depends which country apparently so let's just say that Herod Herod was from where yeah yeah exactly did Pharaoh have like a wicked pointy hat Rachel (laughs) (laughs) Pharaohs had like big old curtain hats Can I ask you guys a question, please? Yeah. I've got two questions. One, are we coming to the end of this episode or what? (laughs) Two, there's been so many digressions on this episode, and I keep trying to keep track of them as we go through because I know I've got to edit them out. Do you want me to just leave them all in? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, do it. Why not? I think so. Listeners, if you're in this far, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Like, (laughs) I think I'm going to stop editing out all these stupid digressions from here on out. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think they're astute digressions. They're part of the. They're part of the whole episode. It's part of the energy, part of the flow. Yeah, you get to know us a bit more. A conspiracy episode is always like this. It's like, yeah, they always get a bit silly. People know what they're in for when they listen to a Weird Tales conspiracy episode. Yeah. If anyone listening from the UK had a sort of Bible... It wasn't a Bible. It was like... What's the theme of the Bible? Like a... Like Christianity. A Christian... <laughs> <laughs> picture book. It was like... That's the like, theme what's of the, the Bible. Theme of the Bible? Like, there was stories in it. It's like a children's Bible stories. That's the one. It would have been a children's story of Herod. Yeah. And what was the story of Herod? Tis, I feel like I could show you a picture. I reckon I had the same. Because when I was a kid, it was like, yeah, there was like one children's. Well, there weren't. There were loads of children's Bibles around. But there was one that everyone seemed to have. Let's see if I can find it. If I find it, here it is. The pictures were quite lifelike. Oh, they, they weren't like caricatures. They were like, I wouldn't say Renaissance paintings, but they were like. This is the one I had. This is the first one. I, the, it won't be this one then. Mm, no, I don't think it's that one. That no, looks like, where's Wally? Yeah, that was. <laughs> where's Jesus? Yeah, where's Jesus? <laughs> That's what Herod was saying. <laughs> <laughs> the right, Herod story. Anyway, let's where's start Jesus? This up. Oh, my goodness. Tiss, thanks so much for giving us a fun conspiracies episode. That's all thanks, good. Tiss. It was my pleasure. Tiss, it your, was a very good one. Tiss, your job before we record next week is to speak to your parents and get them to find that Bible. They would not even know that they get they gave me that book, you know. Did you dream? I feel like maybe you dreamt this. They would have given it away by now. Yeah, I want to find that book so bad. Anyway, thank you so much, Tiss. That was great.
Thank you, guys. Lauren Davies. Yes. Yes. Listener of the week. Listener of the week. Oh, listener of the week. Lauren Davies sent us a really nice email a few weeks back. Um, and I thought I'd give her listener of the week because she was another person who had her wedding cancelled uh. thanks to the big thing that we don't talk about. Cancellation so, of the week. Commiserations, uh, Lauren Davies, but hopefully being Listener of the Week will make, make it up to you. This is Absolutely. better than a wedding. Yeah, mm. too right. And yeah, hopefully the wedding will be rescheduled soon. Yes. Mm. So thanks very much, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. While we're on the topic of Listener of the Week, uh, Jeff Armstrong, who was Listener last week, we said, oh, hasn't he already had it? No, he hadn't. We recognised his name because we read out one of his stories on a Ghost Stories episode last time. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Pet of the week. Guys, do you want a cat or a dog? Ooh. Oh, both. Because I narrowed it down to these two. Dog. It's always dog, isn't it, for me? Cat. Oh, God. Am I going to be the one who has to decide? i tell you what, I'm going to toss a coin here for a Ooh, dog an- or cat. Another coin. Uh, this is a very coin-centric episode. No one's ever going to see this coin again once I flip it. Oh, it's heads. It's the dog. Yes. Uh, so this is uh, sent in f- from Katie from Texas. This is uh, she sent in a picture of her dog and her cat. That's why I said we can only give it to one of them. But this is uh, Lucy, their beagle. I can't see that. Oh. 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 Do we get to see oh, the cat as lovely. well, or do we? Is that we don't get to see cat of the week? Maybe or, maybe the cat will come up another time. Sorry, guys, you made the decision. Oh come on. Oh. Beagle so yeah, Lucy the Beagle from Katie from Texas. I love it. A lot of people have been sending in their animals. It's, it's such a stupid this segment we so had to do. great. I love it. It's a great segment. It really perks us up. Yeah. It's great because none of the listeners see. <laughs> it's just a total prize. No, we just hear us going, oh, look at this cute pet. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. It, it brightens up our inbox. So if you <laughs> yeah. do want to send your cat or dog or pet we've had tortoises and all sorts uh, into us or contact us in any other way you can do so at unexplainableuk at mail.com or go to weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com and you can contact us on there on that website there's also links to where you can find us on social media there's ways you can donate to the show um, uh, loads of other stuff I can't even remember all the stuff on there you can also support my time editing the show uh, at patreon.com slash bobshoy that's b-o-b-s-h-o-y by bonus episodes of this and my other podcasts at bobshoy.bandcamp.com. Oof, and uh, yeah, listen to my other shows. They're really good as well. Uh, if you liked the mention of vampires briefly on this episode, uh, the last episode of 5-Minute Folklore that I did was all about vampires. I do a retelling of the first opening chapters of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, that episode is called Strigoi. And there's also a bumper, nearly three hour long episode of my podcast, Known For, the filmography podcast about Keanu Reeves. It's so long, uh, coming the same week as this goes up. So that should be up now as well. Whew. Sweet. Well done. Thanks. I've got so much editing to do this weekend. <laughs> so that was, that was longer than our demonology episode. Yeah. This is it's the longest pod I've ever had to sit and wow. edit. So. Nice. Amazing. Well, thanks, Tiss. That's amazing. I that was ace. I kept the meat for last. Yeah, that was great. I don't out? know why we all went silent then. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's like all of us had something else to say and none of us said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thanks for listening, guys. Um, I think we know what the outro music's going to be this week, don't we? James Bond. Men in Black. 
Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think we're done. Sweet. I think yeah. so. Beef's hosting next time. And I am. Uh, then you've got one more episode of me and Rick doing revisiting a previous topic. And then we're going to have a month off. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Just in time for the summer. And we've got a discussion planned, maybe. Oh, yeah. And the first one back, Tiz has already got a plan for opening up next time with a discussion episode. So that should be fun. We've just got to work out a guest and how to do that remotely. Perfect. That'd awesome. Be really fun. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Until Cheers, next guys. time. Yeah, lots of love. Lots. See ya. Lots of love. Love you lots. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. 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 I love you. One thing I love about uh, our podcast is that we've never had to do like ads where we have to actually hawk the product ourselves. We got approached by one recently, and I was just, I didn't even contact you because I was like I don't really want to do that. Who was the people who approached us? Um, I can't remember who. It was like um, was it Harry's online... razors. Is it Harry's razors? No, it was like an, it wasn't any of the ones you normally hear. It was like an Can online. We bleep that? Can we bleep the 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 advertisement of Harry's razors? Well, I won't include. I'll edit this whole thing out. We were approached <laughs> okay. by a company recently that I can't remember who it was. We have been approached by like Harry's, I think, before though, ages ago. I was yeah, just I like, think oh, that was like God. one of the first that where they approached yeah. us. But I think yeah. it's it's when like when I think like Buxton does it and he does it for Harry's. Yeah, they it, he'll make it part of the show a little bit though. Yeah, His exactly. job is to do voiceovers for ads so for him it's much a yeah. muchness for he us. can make yeah, it totally, fun yeah. I feel like it's out it's of it's when character. they read these like emotionless reads where they all read the same script I hear podcasters read the same basic script on multiple shows I'm just like oh god stop yeah. shilling baby I hate when There's... it's like Squarespace you know I made my own website I love it it works it's great Squarespace yeah just oh no they do that a bit on um, Office Ladies Oh, they really? have like, they have a Squarespace one, but they, I think it was only on episode one or two. Like they didn't do many, and I think uh, Jenna Fisher put on Twitter, it's like we, we've we're going to start advertising different things now because neither of us actually use Squarespace. No, Squarespace. unless it was a company that I'm like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, like I I would. And they approached us. I'm just always just like, nah, I'll just let Acast sort our advertising out. Yeah, like we're lucky enough that we're on Acast, not. Not every podcast gets to be on Acast. We are lucky to be on there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, if it was Yorkshire Tea, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Oh, exactly. Pay us in bags. Yeah, a few bags. Keep us going. A few bags of mention. That that's that's worth a few bags already. I should reach out to some stuff and try and get some freebies again. Like we got all that <laughs> BrewDog beer that time and the and yeah. the tea. Oh, yes, man. exactly. Yeah, some really good companies. Just yeah. cool ones. Yeah. He's not wearing a wetsuit, babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Remembering that today. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting about that story. Wouldn't it be funny if I left that reference in? The listeners just be like, what's that about? Why is that so funny? Yeah. Why are they laughing for so long about a wetsuit? <laughs> Episode oh, 200, the wetsuit story. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. Don't forget your wetsuit. You good guys dress in black. Remember that. Just in case we have a face to face and make contact. The title held by me, MIB. Means what you think you saw, you did not see. So don't blink. Be what was dead is now going black. Suit with the black ray bands on. Walk a shadow. Move in silence. Guard against extraterrestrial violence. That'll do, pig. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 